Hey friends, welcome to Boca, a podcast exploring the ever-blurring lines between the personal and business lives of professional photographers. This is your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm bringing you a special episode of the Boca podcast today called Workflow Wednesday. During these special edition episodes, myself and my co-hosts will focus on helping you develop more efficient daily and weekly workflows around post-production, communication, task and project management, time management, file and image management, and yes, the list does go on. We're going to save you an incredible amount of time in your work week, and we promise not to be too nerdy. This podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Visit photographersedit.com. All right, we are officially live. Thank you, everybody, for joining us um, both on Facebook Live and then also at uh, the Boca Podcast, B-O-K-E-H podcast.com. And we push these episodes out every Wednesday. This is Workflow Wednesday. I'm here with my friends, Rich and Heather and Haley. Hello. Hello. Guys. Hey. <laughs> Uh, and, and I said that we'd catch up uh, with the small talk here once we got started, because I, I like to do that with everybody on air. But before we do that, just for context for everybody, uh, the Workflow Wednesday series is something that Photographers Edit puts on um, for this, the very purpose of focusing on the topic of workflow, which is something that literally every photographer, photography business owner um, is carrying out on a day-to-day basis. We want to explore how to have more efficient workflows how to get things done more efficiently so that we have more freedom, more flexibility in our life as photography business owners. So that's the focus of this podcast. Um, it's a lot more exciting than for me to just to be talking on air on my own, to have my friends, Rich and Heather and Haley. Haley, of course, also works with Photographers Edit, heads up our digital marketing and, and the podcast effort there. And um, so we get to, to chat about um, something that may seem a little bit nerdy, but it's ultimately applicable to any and every photography business owner out there. So uh, yeah. Before we get into the topic this week, and, and this is actually going to be a part two about how to be more productive working from home. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rich and Heather, you guys just got back from vacation, right? Yes, we did. Two weeks in Fort Lauderdale and um, being with family. And it's just kind of our annual way to get away and um, have some new adventures and just have some good family time away from home. So oh, it's man. our it's our home away from home. Yes, I feel yeah. more alive. I feel more alive. <laughs> Yeah. Rich, we needed I, it. I noticed needed the it. beautiful color that you got there from being on the beach. No, nope, I'm not sure where you what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, I spent I, I spent maybe very a, little an, time an hour the beach. at the in a yeah. cloudy beach, and, uh, <laughs> and so uh, so it, it must be it must be the camera. <sighs> well, before we actually talk about working from home, I want to talk a little bit about how you guys managed to even create the space necessary to be able to go on a, a trip for you know week and a half, two weeks. Um, in the middle of summer, uh, which is traditionally anyway, has been kind of the busy season for wedding photographers, which is is your all specialty. Mm-hmm. Um, talk just briefly about that. How do you create that space? How do you mm-hmm. maintain the business, I guess, in, in such a way that, that your clients don't feel like they're totally out of touch with you? Um, how do you manage incoming potential new business while also separating yourselves from work enough to actually get a break? Yeah, no, that's a really good question question. because we shot um, five weddings in May and then another four or five in June. And so this was, this was actually, we left at the very end of June first and we're gone for the first two weeks of July. And um, there's this really great company called Photographer's Edit 
Shameless plug. Thank you very much for that. (laughs) Um, I'm serious, guys. Um, It's how we're able to get away for two weeks in the summer when we've just fought, shot multiple weddings. And, um, you know, I think, I think the, what we're learning, the more, the longer we're in business is, um, we, we, we try to wake up every day with our business and say, who are we going to make happy today? And so the goal is, you know, if a if a wedding client doesn't have their wedding images yet, we're at least communicating with them about where we are in that process, you know, and so yeah. they're hearing from us, they're being touched base with, they know what to expect and when to expect it. So, you know, Rich can go and I will say for myself, I didn't do very much work at all while we were down there, but Rich maintained emailing, he would, uh, he would get a little bit here and there. A little bit here and there. But clients knew. I like the, the hesitation. You know, the yeah. clients who didn't already have their wedding photos, uh, their full galleries before we left, were at least being communicated with while we were down there. Yeah, I'll let, yeah that, that's, the, that's the biggest thing. Um, first of all, um, uh, I had to turn down several weddings um, because uh, the first the first uh, couple weeks in July, we just, we just know every every year, first, first uh, mm-hmm. two weeks in July, and the last several weeks in, in December, we I'm I'm just I got an inquiry for a, a January first wedding. That's an automatic. I'm not going to be here, you know. Just just like you know, I'm going to refer to someone else, and you know, and and so uh, and so so first of all, we just had to. Um, uh, man, I don't want to skip that. I was just going to say one of the things that we're going to talk about today directly pertains to the question that you're asking us, and so we're going to kind of go into that in just a couple minutes. It's definitely. We wanted to start today's conversation with a couple of philosophical points, and then move into a couple of really practical points that we use for our business. I always, I always love that because I, I think it's easy, and we've probably talked about this um, on Workflow Wednesday, and certainly on the podcast before. But it's easy to get caught up in the the tools and the kind of the next actions. And if we don't have a baseline philosophy that drives it, it's yeah. easy to get lost and then mm-hmm. jump from one tool to the next. Never really actually get anything done. So yeah, yeah. I like that we're going to go there. I will ask you one more question about this, though. When you, um, so you're away for what was it about ten days? Close to two no, weeks? it was two full weeks. It was, two full, it was weeks. two full weeks. Okay. Yeah. So what would you say in that time frame? How much time did you actually have to spend in anything work related? Mm. That um, I very little. Very, because I mean, like the vast majority of. Um, after shooting a wedding is editing. And again, we, we sent everything to photographers edit. And so mm-hmm. like, 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 uh, so the only thing I had to really maintain was basically inquiries mm-hmm. or, or emails. Um, and obviously, uh, if you just spend, you know, 15, 15, time, 15 minutes a day, you can kind of do that. So, so for me, like uh, when when uh, my wife and her, her mom wanted to watch a Hallmark movie, I'm like, I'm see you guys later. You know, I'm, I'm ready. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> oh man! Oh man! So uh, I I watched one with their you know the, the a Hallmark um, movie. That's funny. I don't even you don't even hear that phrase anymore. Now it's just everything's Netflix, but a Hallmark movie. Okay. What, what was the movie we watched? All about me or more, it was um all, all, all it was of, James all Marsden and Michelle Monaghan. So it's a modern all, movie. All, uh, all of me. The best of me. Best, best of me. The best of me. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I cried so hard through Bailey. the whole. Thing. <laughs> These girls have seen it like five, six times, and no, they're no. still crying. No, no. no I've only seen it one time. Don't watch it again. I cried too hard the first time. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh! I knew exactly what was going to happen. It's so predictable. But anyway, <laughs> so, but anyway, I, hey, what, what can you do? So, uh, um, I will say.
say though that when we go on vacation for two weeks, we're not in an active, proactive, yeah. you know, moving our business forward mode. We're in maintaining mode. So mm-hmm. we've gotten the pieces in place. We've gotten mm-hmm. every, you know, we basically work up until leaving for vacation. Like we set goals for ourselves and we reach these certain amount of goals. And then we feel like, okay, now we can relax. We can go on vacation. We can set an auto reply out of message email for our clients. And then if anything, you know, if a client needs a phone call or an email, you know, Rich will be it he will be engaged enough to respond and handle that. But we're not, you know, we're not spending a, a tremendous amount of time on the business when we're well, down there. And I yeah. like too that Rich, you mentioned only taking 15 minutes a day to jump in there and answer those emails. I think there's a tendency for photographers to really get caught up in the email game. And, and really this is a conversation for another day. And we've touched on yeah. communication before and I'm sure we'll get into it in future episodes. Uh, but if, if you've got a good system in place for managing communication Email doesn't have to be this two, three hour a day process that I hear some photographers kind of alluding to. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've got quick keyboard shortcuts set up and and maybe even template responses set up, it's easy to copy and paste that stuff in there and shoot off a quick few emails and be yeah. done. Yeah, a, a lot of times um, people will use their email as basically their to-do list. Um, and so, and mm-hmm. so uh, but for me, if like, Hey, if, if a, a client said, you know, email me that needed that was a, a task longer than you know thirty minutes, uh, like uh, like designing an album, I just basically just let them know, hey, I'm on vacation. I'll get back. I'll get get to this once I get back. And and they their all their response always is, hey, no rush. Just you know, enjoy your enjoy your time at the beach. You know, like 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 they all understand. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I so and so yeah, it was basically just. It was pretty simple. So um, mm-hmm. we, we everything we we do, uh, we make decisions based upon freedom. We we want. That's why I, um, could I have a faster computer? Yeah, but but I much rather have a MacBook Pro uh, that before the you know I could I, I just so the I could flexibility work, of it. Yeah, I can work. I can work go, anywhere. Yeah. You know. Yep. Um, and so like like to the softwares we use to you know from QuickBooks online everything can be everything is everything's portable everything's portable although i yeah. will say for all of us tech geeks out there i don't know if you saw this announcement rich but but apple just announced the the latest version of their macbook pro and you're going to be able to upgrade up to 32 gig worth of ram so if nice. you need more processing power, the option is there, and you can maintain the laptop. <laughs> I don't. I don't need more processing power. I got someone editing my photos for me. I mean, like, <laughs> like, 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 why, why do you need that much processing power unless you're doing like graphical stuff, like three D rendering or editing photos in, in Lightroom? Bam, you know, like, 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 like you know, you just don't. Man, need it, I you like know? how you think. Like, 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 like for edit saves money on the other end too. You don't have to get this very expensive gear. You know, instead of buying the five thousand dollar computer, you can use that money. To to uh, have freedom in your, you know, just you're welcome. You're welcome. You can even go, go that route. Photographersedit.com for those of you exactly. in. We'll make sure to pop this back up on the screen so you can see it as well. Uh, thanks yeah. for that plug there, Rich. Uh, but we we actually had a, a first uh, part of this episode, how to be more productive while working at home. Haley and I kind of tackled the, the subject initially. Rich and Heather were out on that day. And so I want to kind of defer to them and let them be the, the center of attention today. Um, and this topic about how to be more productive from home. And I'm just going to let you guys take it away. Okay, cool. So I did notice, um, I listened uh, to the pod, to the uh, video that you guys did last week, and it was so great. It was beautiful. And um, the wheels were turning as I listened to you guys talk, because you made some really great points. And one thing that I noticed is that the words motivation 
and productivity both came up, how to be more motivated while working from home and how to be more productive while working from home. And while I don't think that those words are interchangeable, I do think that they're both super relevant to this conversation. And so uh, for me, for Rich and I, we've been um, full-time professional photographers with no other source of income for quite some time now. I realize that in this area, maybe I don't know if it's the Chenuga demographic or if this is a broader uh, perspective of the industry right now, but there are a ton of photographers who are using photography as a, a hobby or a side hustle or an additional source of income, you know, those kinds of things. But for and us- Heather, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I'm just gonna jump yeah. in really quick here yeah, just yeah. to give you guys a plug, give Haley a plug here too. I'm gonna put your, your websites up on the screen here so that everybody listening in, for those who are listening and who don't normally listen to the show, you're like, who are these people that feel like they can talk to me about running my photography business? <laughs> check out um, richsmithphotography.com, uh, Rich and Heather Smith there. And then Haley, um, I, well, Haley, there we go. I, I thought I had your, your website typed up ahead of time. HaleyGaffin.com. Haley's a photographer in addition to doing marketing work for photographers edit. So make sure you check out both of their websites. Um, I shot weddings for about 10 years, not currently shooting, um, but uh, that's, that's a little bit of context for this conversation at hand here. But Heather and Rich, back to you guys. Yeah. So um, when we talk about the, the aspect of motivation, um, when you've quit any other jobs and you're relying on your performance and ability in a business as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, um, that in and of itself is inherently motivating because we haven't given ourselves an out. We haven't given ourselves like a, a this, uh, we have this other job that we, that we'd like to do on the back burner. It's like, this is what do or die. It, it's do or die, you know, like the rubber meets the road. And so philosophically, like when we talk about motivation um, and staying motivated, well, a really good way to do that <laughs> is to, to go full time, you know, jump in the deep end. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, sink or swim. That, that's that really interesting, and and yeah. it's interesting how that holds true across the board. I think in life in general. I mean, there, we live in this this culture where we have endless choices, right? Endless yes. options, mm -hmm. and um, I mean, this carries over to the relationship world. Uh, yeah. This carries over. I, I'm I'm an endless purchaser of motorcycles. It seems. <laughs> well, <laughs> and, uh, no one has noticed, <laughs> <laughs> and it's easy to get carried away with that. But what I find interesting is that that the moment that as you're alluding to that you commit to something mm -hmm. to the mm -hmm. fullest extent, it's amazing mm -hmm. the amount of focus that you bring to that. And then uh, in this case, I mean, the, the survival mode kind of kicks in, right? If you don't have any other source uh, or significant source of income, your photography yeah. business is it. Um, it. It just naturally lights a fire underneath you. For uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And it totally. keeps you it keeps you motivated and it keeps you uh, striving to do better and to be always improving. And I think that that is I think that's a key for us as business owners that kind of is underlying everything that we do. We always want to be better and there's always room for improvement. Um, another uh, aspect that is more philosophical or conceptual in nature that has to do with working from home and running a business is that um Something I'm very familiar with. <laughs> <laughs> is that failure is motivating. Um, mm -hmm. It keeps, again, along with, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I learn so much more. <laughs> I learned so much more in my failures than I do by my successes. Um, so so uh, um, a lot of times I have, um, I'm so focused on my business that I'm so close to my business. I don't get a far away view of my business. And so sometimes um, mm -hmm. a, a client will, uh, some, something will fail. Uh, a client mm -hmm. will be disappointed. Uh, um, and, uh, and so 
we're not immune to that. And so, but mm-hmm. that definitely kind of like allows us to, um, oh man. Reevaluate yeah. and um, stay motivated and keep our eye, you know. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we've learned a lot through 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 mistakes, especially Heather's mistakes. <laughs> well, but but this is a really interesting point, and I find fascinating. Um, I, I'm certainly I'll raise my hand uh, guilty of not making moves forward in business or in life because of my fear of we can call it failure or mistakes or mm-hmm. or, or it not being perfect. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. again, we're we're lucky enough to live in a culture where we have so many different options, and we have these mm-hmm. kind of cushy lifestyle for the most part. And there isn't there is a tendency to kind of hold back for fear of messing that up in any way. And so an openness to uh, being willing to, to, I guess, take a chance, ultimately, not being 100 percent sure whether or not something's going to pan out. You do the research at a time you plan, you put the systems in place and, and, yeah. and the tools in place, but you're not 100 percent sure that thing's going to work out. It's OK to take a chance, take that mm-hmm. risk and understand that I mean, we can. When we say failure, it's kind of a black and white concept, right? There's a possibility that we may at least have to course correct, but we have to be okay with that notion um, because a lot of times the fear of failure can actually get in the way of motivation. So it's interesting. It's, there's kind of a dichotomy. There, yeah. There's a need to push forward because we know if we don't, um, we're, we're going to put ourselves in a pretty bad place, especially if this is our sole income. But then the flip side of that is we yeah. have to be willing to take a risk to go beyond that fear of failure yeah. um, mm-hmm. in order to, to take our business to the next level. Yeah. And even if we have a very successful business that's moving forward and we have a 95 or 99 percent success rate as far as thrilled, happy clients, it's those small failures along the way within the context of a successful business that are the failures that we're talking about here. And, you know, I don't like the phrase you you can't please everybody. Um, I don't like it because I want to be able to please everybody all the time. And in particularly in business, you want to be able to please everybody all the time. But what we've learned is that those little failures along the way um, remind us and alert us and they wake us up to the fact that we, again, the concept of we always want to be improving and how can we do that? And how can we be like, how can we run our business like a well-oiled machine and still being, you know, incredibly personal and and human, you know? And so it's just something that, when we talk about the word motivation, those are things that kind of are, you know, keep us going and keep us wanting to improve and work hard. Yeah. yeah and, and this is good food for thought. The other thing, and maybe we brought this up um, a couple of weeks ago when Haley and I did the, the first uh, part of this series, but uh, I, I think there's something to, to bring up, which is when we talk about the idea of motivation, there's a lot of conversation in our industry in particular, I'm sure elsewhere as well, but about this idea of motivation and more specifically the notion of inspiration. A lot of photographers Mm -hmm. wait Mm -hmm. to act or to do until Mm -hmm. they're quote inspired. And um, I I get the thought process there. I mean, we're talking about photography, which at its root Mm -hmm. um, is Mm -hmm. an artistic process. But at the end of the day, probably 90% of what we do or 80 to 90% of what we do is run a business, running a Mm -hmm. photography business. And the reality is maybe not every single piece of running a business is enjoyable per se. It's not necessarily Mm -hmm. inspirational, um, but we just have to simply do it. And and this idea that we're going to feel inspired and passionate about literally everything that we do, I think uh, is this first world mentality that is actually a hindrance to doing well in business. So I just wanted to throw that out there, at least as yeah, yeah. you guys have anything to add to that? No, I think that's very well said and so incredibly true. Not every aspect of what we do is artistic and, and, um, 
And so I think that we've moved from thinking along, not that you can't be a business person and an artist or a creative, those things are not mutually exclusive. I think that's a really important part point to make. Wanting to grow our businesses and run better businesses does not mean that we have to sacrifice the artistic or the creative side of what it is that we're doing. So I think that's really well said. Well, and, and Haley, you've been quiet over there. I'd love to hear yeah. from you too. Any, any thoughts to add? Sorry, Haley. Haley. <laughs> no, it's all good. I actually had a question because I never took my photography business full time, and I know even in our local market, there are tons of photographers that are using it. It's their side hustle, and mm-hmm. their goal is to one day be a full time photographer. Mm-hmm. But so mm-hmm. many just don't know how to take the leap without risking it all like you said do or die mm-hmm. but is, do you have a tip for photographer like just one big tip for photographers who mm-hmm. are ready to make the jump but they just need to prepare yeah I think I'm glad you said that because we made it sound like we jumped from working full-time jobs directly into running a full-time business with no transition period and that's not true we transitioned gradually over a period of time because we didn't want to make stupid financial decisions so and we have two kids you know so we rich actually was working he w- he went from full time down to part time at his um at the job that he was working uh as an autocad draftsman at an engineering company mm-hmm. which he hated um, <laughs> before we went full time photography so there was definitely Don't a, be too impressed. we are not we are not risk takers we are not i mean i i might have made it sound that way when i was talking earlier about motivating it is to have no other source of income, but it was a gradual transition. And I would recommend that for people to have your ducks in a row, obviously. And And, um, uh, one, one, uh, a big thing is, is uh, um, get your finances in in, in check. I mean, like, uh, like, like for us, like when we were always so uh, when money came in, we spent it. And and then then I'll, like like running a uh, running a, a photography business, you'll quickly realize um, that that like you have some a period of time where you get lots and lots of money, and then you'll you'll like it just goes in waves. Like mm-hmm. like 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 a business will be really good, and then business and like and then you'll get no inquiries and, and no bookings for a while, and then and then you know, and that tendency is like okay, uh, spent like. And priests, like now, we get we 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 book a lots of weddings, and but we're, and, and but we just we kind of put it into the bank because we know mm-hmm. that there's going to be lean times. Mm-hmm. We, we got to prepare for the lean times as well, yeah. um, and and so um, so. And, I, and I'll we, jump we, in on we, that we, too. I think I think when it comes to the the idea of planning on going full time, and this is something we've talked about in the podcast before, but it's really important to understand. Um, kind of the bigger picture view, right? Uh, That's a mm-hmm. phrase that I use quite a bit. But part of that big, that so-called big picture view doesn't just have to do with long-term personal goals and then how that translates to a business model, but also the, the financial piece, understanding what bills you need to pay, mm-hmm. uh, what you want to be putting into savings and in investments, mm-hmm. and then how much money you need every year to to go on, ideally, two or three vacations. Rich and Heather, I know you guys prioritize that and, and mm-hmm. actively. So, so these yeah. are... This is not those numbers, uh, and Haley. And I'm, obviously, I'm not saying this specifically to you. I know you get these yeah. concepts, but to, to the listeners at large, these numbers are not an overly complicated concept or principle. If you're trying to figure out, hey, can I go full time? Um, you need to, to very clearly understand the numbers behind those three principles: how much your bills are going to cost on a monthly basis, how much you want to be putting away into savings and investments, and then how much money you need for we'll, we'll call it play money. 
Um, hopefully, much of that is geared toward experiences where, especially mm -hmm. if you've got kids or a partner otherwise, or if you're on your own, that you want to go experience life outside of the little box that you live on 95% of the time, um, then you need to prioritize setting money aside for that. Those numbers are very black and white, and you can use that as a gauge to then figure out, okay, um, is my business model going to support that in the same way that my current uh, job does? Right. And, and then it's just a matter of probably uh, to, to Rich and Heather's point, building up to that place where maybe yeah. you're shooting part-time 10, 15, 20 weddings a year, maybe 50 portrait sessions a year, whatever it might be, where you know you've got a good momentum, your brand is being established, you've got, a, you got some recognition in the community. And at that point, you're able to kind of take that leap. I was forced into it when I went full-time. Um, maybe I mentioned this story on the, on the podcast before, but uh, I was working in the optics industry. And uh, there was some dishonesty going on in, in a practice that I was working at, that I was employed at. And uh, I called the owners on it and they didn't like being called on that. And so uh, it was essentially me saying, all right, give me my last check. I'm, I'm out. And um, I, I went home and I told my partner at the time, uh, I'm going full time in photography. Surprise. <laughs> Surprise. Yeah. And we were in, in, a, in a situation, luckily, that where, where um, she was providing a, a secondary income or, or an additional income. And so it was there to kind of supplement what we were doing in the photography business. But we've been shooting for a bit, generating significant uh, or a decent amount of income through the photography business. And it just made sense at that point to go all in. Yeah. So and that's is, actually, sorry. Go ahead. Go, go ahead. I was going to say that this conversation about um, priorities and schedule finances and transitioning into full time, this actually is a really good segue into our next point, which is, Time blocking helps us to obviously, and you guys mentioned this last week and did a great job of covering it. And I just wanted to add that Rich and I have begun to really view time blocking as something that allows us the opportunity to schedule our values, which is something that as um, this would apply to anybody, not just someone running their own business, but what are the things that, you know, the average person wishes that they had time for or wants to do more of and yet doesn't or maybe hasn't haven't figured out how to do that yet mm -hmm. and we've really been having this conversation yeah. quite a bit lately about yep. scheduling our values mm -hmm. what is the most what is important to us is it mm -hmm. having a big house and a car that impresses people for us the answers to those things are no so what is important to us is having margin, having some freedom and flexibility in our finances, which for us means living below our means. We're not going to impress anybody with our house. No one's going to be impressed by our cars. And that's completely okay with us because we would much rather take our kids on vacations and have experiences. And so when we talk about time blocking, we're not just talking about scheduling our day. We're talking about scheduling our, our life and our priorities, you know, making time for two weeks in Fort Lauderdale or Alaska next year. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I mean, uh, so people complain, I don't have enough time for, you know, spend, I wish I could spend more time with my family or I could spend more, you know, this mm -hmm. kind of stuff, but they never put it on their calendar, like literally put it on their calendar and mm -hmm. then schedule everything around it. And mm -hmm. so like they say, we like, so our priorities is, all right, on Friday night, we're going to have a family movie night or, mm -hmm. or we're going to spend time with the kids and like nothing goes in that spot. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then everything else go, is scheduled around it. You know, evening times are for this or, or this mm -hmm. is for that. And then, and because we want to have uh, amazing kids that, that they, I want our kids to know that 
their their parents love them and for for to and and uh, we want you know, mm-hmm. uh, I want my wife to know that I love her. I prioritize her. And so, and to you do love that, Heather, just so you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're awesome. <laughs> okay. And so, um, um, so, uh, but yeah, I mean, like, but to do that, you have to be intentional. You mm-hmm. have to be intentional mm-hmm. because a lot of people, it's just like, I wish I, I could, you know, that, you know, but, but like, just get out your calendar, put it on the calendar and, and, and do it, do it. Mm-hmm. And, and like, um, and so, mm-hmm. and so that's for, for us, we, uh, we time block, but we also time block, uh, um, by scheduling our values as well. And, and that's um, good. And I think Richard, you actually texted me this the other day, but, um, basically you said people make time for what is actually important to them mm-hmm. because oh, yeah. the, the phrase that you hear all the time in the photo industry is, mm-hmm. uh, I'm busy or the, the, the thing that kills me is mm-hmm. the like, uh, well, we'll see. Or we'll I'll get to that. We'll see what what is happening around that time, rather than just making a commitment. As you're saying, put it in the calendar. But taking a step back yeah. and touching on the idea of philosophy, Heather, that uh, you were emphasizing earlier. Again, going to this big picture view idea. Literally everything in our life, if if we create a set of personal values that drive what we do, not just on a personal level, but Mm -hmm. in the way that we run our business, the business model that we set up. And then, of course, that translates to the clients that we're going after and what we're charging and then ultimately the money that we're making. All of these things are driven by or ideally driven by a set of values that very clearly define the way that we live and that we run our business. And instead of kind of being in that reactive state, which again, a lot of the photography industry, you hear them talking about this. I don't have time. I'm overwhelmed. I'm up editing at one o'clock in the morning. Um, It's it's because of that kind of reactive tendency that they have toward life versus very clearly establishing values and letting everything else fall underneath that. And the moment that you do that, it's not that life becomes suddenly this, you know, kind of perfect or perfection, uh, perfect notion of of productivity and everything else, but it's going to be so much more, um, I guess it's going to be a lot easier ultimately to create the the freedom, the flexibility that yeah. I hope we all started a photography business for in the first place. I mean, who wants to go into business for themselves and then work 80 hours a week that kind of right. defeats the purpose. So yeah, very, right. being very clear about your values enables you to mm-hmm. be able to very proactively live out your life personally, professionally, and do the very things that you guys are talking about. So I'm, I love that you make that point. Awesome. And I love what you said last week about having a schedule but also having variety and how those two things can live together. That duality is beautiful because you are taking charge of your day and time blocking and scheduling, but you also have the freedom and the flexibility, which is what makes this whole thing so beautiful in the first place of going on a bike ride for an hour to clear your head, or we are off to Dollywood for the day, whatever it might be, you know, again, scheduling your values. So I think that that's a, that's a, Practical, but also conceptual thing. That um, anyway. I need a motorcycle to, to clear my. Oh house. boy! Oh, I was, oh, was going to say. I, I need wait, to clear my like head. Dollywood riding a motorcycle. <laughs> Family know. time versus me by myself. <laughs> hey, we have to have some of both, right? It's so true. I gotta clean my clear my head. It's so true. Clear my head. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Rick, so, Rich, we're going to get you on a motorcycle sooner than later. So thanks, buddy. Um, I'm going to keep us yeah. on track. I'm going to keep us on track. Yeah. Next time you get a new motorcycle, uh, Nathan, just don't sell your old just one. Just sell it to him. Yeah. Don't, yeah. Don't, don't, let me borrow it. That's even better. Uh, so, um, so the next thing that we wanted to talk about was um, know when to work off site. Um, we all know how many distractions and you guys touched on this last week, but that's a huge uh, component of this for us as well is, and Haley, um, you mentioned having a dedicated workspace um, at your home. 
We actually don't have that luxury. We've got two kids. They're actually, um, they each have a bedroom and technically, um, if we wanted to get rid of our, like we basically have a small 1600 square foot, three bedroom house. And um, again, we've chosen for, because of our priorities, we've chosen to stay in this oh, yeah. house. Oh yeah. Um, it's been a conscious decision. Could it be more convenient to buy a bigger house and have extra uh, rooms where we have a dedicated office space? It really could, but it would, it would, it would conflict with our, with our priorities in terms of margin and financial freedom and travel and all that. Or being, so, or being stress-free. Yeah. Yeah. Stress is a big thing. We don't, we don't want to be house poor. So um, with those three bedrooms, we actually do not have a dedicated workspace. We have a guest bedroom. We have two kids in bunk beds in one room and we have our master. So with that said, um, while it is ideal to have a dedicated workspace, we don't, and we've made it work. And um, I feel like we're pretty resourceful. You know what I mean? Um, we've learned to kind of be um, know when we can work effectively at home Um and when we need to leave the house and work yeah. offsite. Yeah. And we've we've learned to be comfortable working in both of those environments. Um, and so I do think there's things that are easier to do at home when you have more focused, quiet time and less fewer distractions. Um, I know Haley, you've talked about being at like a coffee shop and working and someone comes up and says hi, and then you end up in a conversation that you weren't anticipating. So there are some challenges that's to working never, offsite. That's never happened to us. Never. We don't uh, use it, happened to you. it happened with you. I know. <laughs> so I think that knowing when to work offsite is key, but also knowing what type of work you can effectively do offsite is also important. Yeah. And we also schedule, uh, we also schedule. Um, like um, we we know what parts of our workflow uh, requires more brain power mm-hmm. and what what doesn't, and so mm-hmm. um, we we schedule the the stuff that use that uh, that requires more brain power in the morning times when we are more fresh, you know, mm-hmm. and um, because we can get through them and it's a lot more enjoyable for us because we have more creativity, we have more energy uh, mm-hmm. in the morning time, yeah. and then um, some people are maybe different. You may get uh, some people. They're energetic at nighttime, you know. That they're they're ready to rock and roll. They're really uh, sluggish in the mornings, and so so it all depends on your personality and um, and just how, how to re- rearrange your workflow, your uh, and time block it. Put it literally in the calendar for from here to here. I'm gonna be doing this from here to th- here. You know, I'm doing this. I'm gonna do this this mm-hmm. reactive thing here, but I'm going to do this proactive here, you know, and, and schedule the reactive and the proactive stuff. So you're building your business and not just doing all reactive stuff mm-hmm. because again, yeah. and, and this, this goes straight into the, um, our, uh, an, another point that we have, and this is a big one. Yes. And, and, and actually rich can just really quick before you get to the next point. Cause I think yeah, that yeah. something should be mentioned here. I'm, I'm glad that you actually bring up the, the distinction between, or, or at least, developing a certain level of self-awareness between the times that you shouldn't, shouldn't be working off site. And this is something, mm-hmm. uh, and in fact, all the things that I comment on, um, I've lived personally and I'm working at or need to work at personally. So I'm speaking from personal experience here, but I, as much as I enjoy being out at a coffee shop, uh, it, just to be around people. So I'm not mm-hmm. in, on, on my own in the quiet of my apartment or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also am, am reminded of um, how that affects my ability to focus and yeah the level to which I can um, bring attention and energy to whatever the task is at hand. So as much as it it is, you know, again, you hear a lot of photographers talk about, um, or at least at times talk about the, how they can't handle being on their own or being in the quiet. Um, That is a reality. And it's, I mean, we're, we're built to be around people in one form or another, Mm -hmm. but the reality is that if we are willing to maybe even spend the extra hour in the quiet in our home office, we could then take an additional Mm -hmm. half hour, hour and just, 
set work aside altogether and go do something that would be enjoyable versus yeah. going to a coffee shop for three hours and getting yeah. maybe the same amount of work done that we would have at home in an hour. Right. Um, so, so yeah, develop, and it is going to be different for everybody, but being honest with ourselves, developing mm -hmm. a certain level of self-awareness as to, to when is the best time to, to be working offsite. I think that's a great conversation. Mm. Right. Yeah. All right. So, but please, please continue. Next point. I, I don't want to interrupt your flow. Oh man. Our flow. Our flow. Um, so, uh, so this is, a, this is actually a pretty big one, uh, especially for our personalities. I think for a lot of people's personalities is actually setting artificial deadlines. And what I mean by setting artificial deadlines is that like you have a real deadline that like, for example, um, uh, a client might email you and say, Hey, I need something by tomorrow morning. Well, that's the deadline. You had to get it to them by tomorrow morning. But, and so for me, if I don't, um, uh, I can set my deadline for tomorrow morning. And then I have now this task, uh, I have 16 hours to get it finished, you know, and I have, you know, all this time to get it finished. And so I procrastinate. I have all this time on my hands, you know, I got, I, you know, but if I make an artificial deadline, no one knows about it except me that, um, that, Hey, I'm going to, um, this task requires, you know, an hour of my time. Then uh, I give myself an hour of my time instead of 16 hours of my time. And, um, because I only have this much uh, time to actually get it done, then I am more focused. Um, I, I don't, um, I, uh, when I'm actually doing this task, um, I'm doing less stuff that, that, uh, that doesn't matter and more stuff that does matter, um, mm -hmm. to actually get this task done because I only have an hour to do it, not 16 hours. And, um, mm -hmm. so basically creating artificial deadlines really, really works, mm -hmm. um, uh, for a lot of people, um, mm -hmm. simply because, um, um, just because again, having just. Hey, I have all day to get 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 email done versus um, I'm, I'm going to have that email done by 10 a.m. You know, right, right. Um, um, then, then, uh, then you are just more. I don't, I don't have all day. I got, I got to 10 a.m. to do it, and mm -hmm. you're way more focused, way more focused to get that task done. Yeah, and it's so amazing I, how so, much quicker you you work when you have a shorter amount of time, whether it's artificial yeah. or not. Although I do have to play a little devil's advocate here and ask, do you have in the back of your mind that 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 <laughs> is artificial and you're like, yeah. I, like yeah, it. I, mean, it, it, I mean, like, again, it, it, there is a level of discipline um, that, has, that has to happen as well. Mm -hmm. You know I mean? Like, uh, again, yes, it, it is, it is between you, between you and you, like it's not between <laughs> you and your client It's between you and you. Um, but again, in the back of my, my head, I can say, Hey, I can get this thing done and I can play um, a, a board game with my kids tonight mm -hmm. and spend time with my family tonight, or I can procrastinate and I have, I have, I have, I mean, if I have 16 hours, I, I can watch a little Netflix, mm -hmm. you know, I can do this and do that pretty soon. Uh, kids, I don't have any time because I've got to work, you know what I'm saying? And so yeah. all of a sudden, uh, and I've done that so many times. So, so I know, um, I'm, I'm definitely speaking from experience there, you know? Um, and so, so, I, and, but all I know is that um, playing, uh, teaching my kids uh, card tricks, um, playing he that. has some really good card tricks. That if, <laughs> the kids' are, minds are blown. They're like, Dad, they had, they we had, didn't know you were a magician. They had no idea. They had no idea. And so, uh, play Mancala, board games. My kids love that, yeah. and they Did love. Did you say Mancala? Yes. yes. Oh my goodness. What is what is that? Oh, Alana will come and teach you. Okay. She'll but, take you to she, school she on this is game. So good. Yeah. Game. <laughs> um, so uh, and so yeah, I mean like uh, 
Um, it's an ancient game. You'd love it. It's, um, cool. it's a really cool game. So, um, cool. um, so yeah, I mean, like, uh, again, it all goes down to, to our values. It really, it all really does, you know? Um, so, uh, we make, uh, everything we do is we're motivated by our values of, I want to spend, I want to have an incredible family. I want my family to know that I love them. Mm-hmm. I want my kids to grow up, um, without a shadow of doubt that their, their, their dad, like, like purposely um, made time for them and spent a lot of time with them and, uh, and a lot of good quality time. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, I know my, um, we have a 10 year old daughter, although she, in my mind, she's still a kid. In reality, I know that o- over half of my time with her is gone. Um, as far time, as her living at home. Yeah. yeah. T- time is limited mm-hmm. and, uh, and as, and it's a resource uh, time is mm-hmm. like as a universal, like as an equalizer. I don't mm-hmm. care if you are, are Jeff Bezos or Rich Smith. You can like time is is we have just the main, same amount of time, and we can yeah. never get it back. It's, a, it's a, that that resource is when it mm-hmm. gone is gone, it's gone, and so um and so you can't replenish it just like like any other resource we can. You want more money, you can go out and make more money. So, I mean, any other resource you can get more of. Up time, and yeah. so, and so with that, with that um, in mind, we just we make decisions that way. And so, another thing too about the artificial deadline is that you can exceed your clients' expectations. You know, that's another that's another positive benefit from that. Yep. Um, but just it's the mindset of not waiting until the last possible moment to to, to fulfill a task or to get something done. You know, um, I think it's just a cool a cool trick that we can just tell ourselves, okay we technically have this much time to do something. We'd rather get it done by, and, and and that comes into play too with going on vacation. Technically the client's not waiting on us for anything, but if we can get this, this to the client before we leave for vacation, that frees us up even more mm-hmm. mentally and emotionally to enjoy our time off. So it can come into play in lots of different ways, you know? Yeah. I actually thought of one while you were saying that um, it's something I started implementing artificial deadlines. Cause like there are some things I do have um, deadlines on, like podcast episodes or whatever, but social media, I can schedule it whenever I want. And I remember, I, I think I had been working for Nathan for maybe two months and I had appendicitis. And I remember I went to text him and all I could think about is, oh, he's going to be so mad at me because I'm going to have to ask him to do something because I <laughs> hadn't finished it. Terrible and, boss that I am. <laughs> but I mean, he was totally cool. He was the most supportive boss ever, but... <laughs> it was like I hadn't created a graphic for social media the next day. And I was like, okay, it's midnight and I'm going to have to go into surgery here in a minute. And so I text or I had a text like drafted and my husband sent it to him at six o'clock in the morning. And it was, I don't have this podcast um, graphic drafted, but I'm about to go into surgery. Just wanted to let you know. So you could create one if you wanted it to go up today. (laughs) And like, I felt awful, but from that, I've started doing the artificial deadlines of every Thursday is my schedule out the next week of um, yeah. social media so that it is scheduled. And sometimes if I have enough images that are just like, oh, I have to use this, it's two weeks of scheduling yeah. and then I don't have to do it the next week. So yeah, I, I really like that tip. I didn't even think about that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Again, again, like uh, if you're constantly stressed out, because you don't uh, you don't have good time management, then mm-hmm. I, um, I'm I'm no good to my kids. I'm not no good yeah. to my family uh, if mm-hmm. I'm really really stressed out. You know, if I'm trying to eat dinner 
and my kids are asking me questions and having quality time. And all I'm thinking about is the stuff I've got to get done right after I finish my mm -hmm. last bite. Then mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm, I'm no good, you know? Um, yeah. And so, um, so yeah, um, having good time management really, really helps with this being stressed, you know, because mm -hmm. you have, you have a plan, you have a plan in, in, um, in place, you know, exactly what you're going to be doing and, and, and to, and to schedule it, you know, because you scheduled it. So mm. it's all good. It's all good. I like it. Yeah. Um, well, this has been a this has been a really great conversation, and I appreciate you guys sharing. I, when when uh, we were talking, I guess a few weeks ago, and found out that um, you weren't going to be able to be on on the show, uh, the the first first part of this series. Um, Heather, you mentioned that you guys had a lot prep, some good stuff you wanted to talk about, and and you surely followed through on that. So I, I hope so. That. I hope so. A lot of the stuff that we're sharing today has been such a process of you know, trial and error and making mistakes and learning from our mistakes. And so I hope that we never come across like we think we have it all together. These are just nuggets that hopefully can benefit someone um, that we've learned along the way from failures, you know? Yeah, so. absolutely. Well, and, and I think the biggest takeaway um, today, and, and it's a great reminder, and it's been a theme on the podcast, so I'm glad that you brought it up again, is the significance of being very, very clear about your values um, I'll just throw out this resource. I've mentioned it before. Tony Robbins wrote a book called uh, Awaken the Giant Within. He, he rewrote it as an ebook, a much shorter version, only 100 pages. It's a free download. We'll link to it in the show notes at bocapodcast.com. And uh, you can download that, read it on your Kindle or in a, as a PDF. Uh, actually, I think now it's, it's only available as a PDF. But regardless, one of the most valuable resources that you'll read probably ever, certainly this year, but one of the things he discusses in that ebook is the concept of values, what they mean, how to establish them. And uh, if you don't have a very clear set of values, I literally have mine on the home screen of my, of my phone. I was going to show you here Let's see if notifications popped up for those of you who are on, uh, on the video on the live. <laughs> let's see if I can do this. Oh, notifications keep popping up. <laughs> um, but the the uh, the home screen, and this is just a good reminder for me, and it's something that I can literally do. Here we go. Something that I can literally mm -hmm. do um, just at a glance is just to review the awesome. principles yeah. that for me drive, um, ideally drive what I do consistently day in and day out, not only on a personal level, but on a business level. Everything is driven by those things. And if you want to av avoid, as, as Rich and Heather pointed out, stress and pain in your life, um, think about what brings you happiness and pleasure. Be very clear about those things, those big ideas, and then begin to very proactively and consistently live for the sake of those values. And it, it, it's amazing that the kind of structure that it just naturally creates in your life. It helps guide decisions, mm -hmm. minimize stress, and maximize efficiency. And so I, I love that you guys bring that up. We'll make sure, again, to link to that book in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, but thank you, Rich and Heather, for sharing. Thank you, Haley, as well, for sharing. And, uh, and joining us, um, this has been another episode of Workflow Wednesday. Uh, we should be uh, planning on being back next week. Uh, so I guess today is July 18th, July 25th. We'll be back uh, cool. with another episode of Workflow Wednesday. Uh, for those of you listening in on the podcast, you can you can watch these videos on Facebook Live. You just go to the facebook.com slash photogs edit, P-H-O-T-O-G-S-E-D-I-T. Uh, and then for those of you that want to listen to the podcast, Boca Podcast, B-O-K-E-H, podcast.com. Thank you guys so much. Have an absolutely lovely Wednesday. Thanks you for too. having us. Yeah. Bye, guys. See you guys. Thank you so much for listening to the Boca Podcast. 
Will you let us know what you thought by leaving a review of the podcast in iTunes or the Apple Podcast app? And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast and maybe suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My email is nathan at photographersedit.com. The Boca Podcast is brought to you by Photographers Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Visit photographersedit.com.